Chapter thirty four of the Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Megan Lamb. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Main Reed. Chapter thirty four A Departure in a Dugout. We were in perfect accord as to our course of action, as in our thoughts. If our motives were not similar, our enemy was the same. Only was there a difference in our perspective designs. Love was the lure that beckoned me on. Wingrove was led by revenge. To follow him and punish guilt was the métier of my companion. To follow her and rescue innocence was the role cast for me. Though guided by two such different passions, both were the strongest of our nature, either sufficient to stimulate to the most earnest action, and without loss of time we entered upon it in full determination to succeed. I had already formed the design of pursuit, and perhaps it was with the hope of obtaining an associate and companion that I had sought an interview with the hunter. At all events, this had been my leading idea. His expressed determination, therefore, was but the echo of my wish. It only remained for us to mould our design into a proper and practicable form. Though not much older than my new comrade, there were some things in which I had the advantage of him. I was his superior in experience. He acknowledged it with all deference and permitted my counsels to take the lead. The exercise of partisan warfare, especially that practiced on the Mexican and Indian frontiers, is a school scarcely equaled for training the mind to coolness and self-reliance. An experience thus obtained had given mine such a cast, and taught me, by many a well-remembered lesson, the truthfulness of what Wise saw. The more haste, the less speed. Instead, therefore of rushing at once in medius rest and starting forth without knowing whither to go, my counsel was that we should act with caution, and adopt some definite plan of pursuit. It was not the suggestion of my heart, but rather of my head. Had I obeyed the promptings of the former, I should have been in the saddle hours before and galloping somewhere in a westerly direction, perhaps to find, at the end of a long journey, only disappointment and the infallibility of the adage. Taking counsel for my reason, I advised a different course of action, and my comrade, whose head for his age was a cool one, agreed to follow my advice. Indeed, he had far less motive for haste than I. Revenge would keep and could be slept upon, while with emotions such as mine, a quiet heart was out of the question. She whom I loved was not only in danger of being lost to me forever, but in danger of becoming the victim of a dastard Coquin, diabolical as dastard. Suffering under the sting of such a fearful apprehension, it required me to exert all the self-restraining power of which I possessed. Had I but known where to go, I should have rushed a horse and ridden on upon the instant. Not knowing, I was fortunately possessed of sufficient prudence to restrain myself from the idle attempt. That hold and daughter were gone, and in the company with the Mormon we knew. The letter told that. That they had left the cabin was equally known, but whether they were yet clear from the neighborhood was still uncertain, and to ascertain this was the first thing to be accomplished. If still within the boundaries of the settlement, or upon any of the roads leading from it, there would be a chance of overtaking them. But what after that? Ah, beyond that I did not trust myself to speculate. I dare not discuss the future. I refrained from casting even a glance into its horoscope, so dark did it appear. I had but little hope that they were anywhere within reach. That phrase of fatal prophecy. You will be too late. 
too late. Still rang in my ears. It had a fuller meaning than might appear from a hasty interpretation of it. Had not it also a figurative application? And did it not signify I should be too late in every sense? At what time had they taken their departure? By what route and upon what road? These were the points to be ascertained, and our only hope of obtaining a clue to them was by proceeding to the place of departure itself, the deserted dwelling. Thither we hide in all haste, prepared, if need be, for a more distant expedition. On encountering the enclosure, we dismounted, and at once set about examining this sign. My companion passed to and fro like a pointer in pursuit of a partridge. I had hoped we might trace them by the tracks, but this hope was abandoned, on perceiving that the rain had obliterated every index of this kind. Even the hoof-prints of my own horse, made but an hour before, were washed full of mud and scarcely traceable. Had they gone upon horseback? It was not probable. The house utensils could hardly have been transported that way. Nor yet could they have removed them in a wagon? No road for wheels ran within miles of the clearing, that to Swampville, as already stated, being no more than a bridle path, while the other traces, leading up and down the creek, were equally unavailable for the passage of a wheeled vehicle. There was but one conclusion to which we could come, and indeed we arrived at it without much delay. They had gone off in a canoe. It was clear as words or eyewitnesses could have made it. Wingrove well knew the craft. It was known as Holt's dugout, and was occasionally used as a ferry boat to transport across the creek such stray travelers as passed that way. It was sufficiently large to carry several at once, large enough for the purpose of a removal. The mode of their departure was the worst feature in the case, for although we had already been suspecting it, we had still some doubts. Had they gone off in any other way, there would have been a possibility of tracking them. But a congé in a canoe was a very different affair. Man's presence leaves no token upon the water. Like a bubble or a drop of rain, his traces vanish from the surface or sink into the depths of the subtle element, an emblem of his own vain nothingness. End of chapter 34